Father, we are grateful. Oh, we come to you at your word. Your word is life. Your word, you tell us we shouldn't live by human food alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth. And so as we are here today, come and feed us with your word that is life, that is light. So that we know the truth and your truth will set us free. We love you. We thank you. We praise you, mighty King. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you again. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we, we are continuing our series. Uh, we call James Practical Graceful Living. And for months now, we have been studying this small Bible book uh, of five chapters filled with a variety, a wide variety of practical nuggets for victorious living. And there are topic after topic where God speaks to us as to how we can navigate this journey called life effectively and productively. Amen. So we come to chapter 5. Uh, and one of the things that James talked to us is, is uh, how to handle money wisely so that God will bless us. We started that last week. We'll, we'll pick that up where we left off. And then we'll add uh, some more uh, development to it. So let's get right into it. Let's get right into it uh, and uh, unpack this amazing truth that uh, God has given us. Um, how to handle money wisely, beginning from James 4, verse 17, all the way to chapter 5, verse 8. So read with me on your sermon outline up on the screen. Let's go. It says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is what? A son for them. Now listen, you rich people, you have hoarded wealth in these last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay, the workers are crying out against you. Their cries have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself. You have condemned and murdered the innocent ones who was not opposing you. Remember, the Lord's coming is near. Amen. And in this amazing portion of scripture, James gives us three warnings, and I will add also uh, three uh, instructions, insights on what we ought to do with respect to managing the money and the finances that God gives us. So he gives us instructions on how to acquire, accumulate, and allocate money in this amazing portion of scripture. Uh, three negatives and three positives. Amen. How to save money and how to use money right how to save money and how to use money and it's all through scriptures god gives us instructions about money jesus talked more about money uh, when he was here for three and a half years than any other topic and it's important that as god blesses us and he will bless us and he gives us instructions on how to use them right for his glory so that he can trust us and bless us the more so there are three things to avoid and then also inversely Alternatively, three things to adapt, three things not to do, and three things to do. And we began that last week, so let's go and do a quick review. Quick review. Number one, so that I can have the blessing of God upon my life, first God says that in accumulating wealth, look at this with me. If God says this, that, that in accumulating wealth, please uh, read that with me. In accumulating wealth, right, don't hold it foolishly, instead hold Save it wisely. One more time. In accumulating wealth, don't hold it foolishly. Instead, do what? Save it wisely. And James cautions us in, in verse 3 of, of uh, this amazing portion of Scripture, chapter 5. He says what? You have what? Hoarded wealth in these last days. 
And all through scriptures, God teaches us this about money, about money. That this is, this is what we ought to know about money. Read that with me. That money is a tool to be used, not a thing to be hoarded. So it's a tool. It's neither good nor bad. It's just a tool. Now, what we do with that is what's important, right? Uh, it's, uh, and God says it's not a thing to be piled up. In other words, God doesn't want us to pile it up. He wants his money to be in circulation. And when we are open to doing that, God will give us more for our needs so that he will use us to be a distributor of his wealth and his possessions. He's looking for people he can use and serve. Now, amazing portion of scripture, we looked at it in last week, so let me summarize that for you in Luke chapter 12. You probably know that. Jesus tells this story of, of this successful farmer. You remember that? This is a guy who had so much wealth, so much possessions, he couldn't handle that. So, uh, so he says to himself, listen, I, I've got plenty of stuff. What am I going to do with it? I don't know what to do with that. He says, I will build myself bigger bonds and hoard it. And, and God tells him in that story, says, you fool, tonight I'm going to do, you're going to die, and somebody else is going to get all that you've worked hard for. And, and in, this, in this amazing parable story, Jesus teaches, he says, look, don't store it up, don't pile it up, don't hoard it. Uh, and that's the message for it. Instead, save it wisely. Save it wisely. So what's the difference between hoarding and saving? Well, one is good, the other is bad. Hoarding is not of God. Saving is of God. And you say, what's the difference between hoarding and saving? Well, the difference is in the motivation. The difference is in the purpose, right? Hoarding is based on insecurity. Hoarding says, I, I, I've got to keep, I've got to keep holding on to it. I've got to keep adding to it because I'm going to need that. Because when I need it, there's no one there who will help me. And so I've got, I, I need that, that I need this money. I need this house so that it will feed me. It will feed my insecurity. People will know that I've arrived. So money becomes a God. Money becomes the end of life. Money becomes the goal of life. And God says, I didn't send you here to accumulate money. <laughs> if the purpose is to hold it so that you are dependent on it, God says, don't allow money to be your God. Money is not a God. I'm the God. I'm your supplier. I'm your provider. I'm your God. And the motive is that God is saying, hey, I won't bless you the more because what you are replacing me for money. So the difference is what is in the motive. The difference is in the purpose. If you, the, the goal is I'm going to run out so i'm going to hold on to it and materialism becomes your security god is saying don't do that right but alternatively biblical savings is not for security let me repeat that biblical savings is not for security why because god is our security say that with me god is what our security now look at what the bible says in hebrews 13 5 he says what well, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with whatever you have because God has said I will never leave you and I will never uh, abandon you amazing portion of scripture now we like the latter part it is plastered all over in plot cards you go to many homes today there are uh, there are plot cards there are written on walls uh, uh, God says I will never leave you and I will never abandon you what a great comforting verse what a great comforting promise that no matter what happens in your life God will be there with you and God is not there as a silent spectator. He's not there just to watch you. He's there to what? To provide. He's there to bless. He's there to uplift. He's there to work your life according to his good, perfect, pleasing will. I will never leave you, no matter what. People will come and go. 
Situations will come and go. In this world, all things will pass away. But God says, I will be there even till the end of time. And I'll take you from here to heaven where I, I will be with you forever and ever and ever. What a comforting verse. But you see, before that, God says, hey, don't replace money with me. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Don't be a hoarder. Don't have money become your security. Right, because that's not the reason why I provided money to you in the first place. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with whatever you have because God has said this. Now, how many of you have, have realized that in life? If you chase after money, it, it, it's going to run away from you. People who are chasing after money, right, what's happening to them? Their lives are far more broken. They are far more miserable. They can't sleep well at night. They are very insecure. But what? if you seek God first above all else, God will give you more than you need and use your life as a distributor of his world so many will drink from your wall. If you believe that, say amen to that. And so God says, don't hold but save. Don't hold but save. And the primary reason is that money is a tool. And for believers, God wants us to use money to be able to accomplish his good purposes. Listen, God has promised to bless you more than you need. Every believer, the, the, the more you draw closer to God, you realize that God will give you more than you need. Why? So that you hold it? No. So that he will use your hand, your feet, your voice, your life as a distributor of his possessions for the benefit of mankind. That's not going to rain blessings down. He's going to use people to be his distributor. And how many of you want to be a distributor of God? Raise your hand. Amen. I want to be. Glory to Almighty God. And God says he's going to do that. So what are they? So he says don't hoard but save. Don't hoard but save. So what I want to do is today give you three biblical reasons for saving. So let's develop it more from last week. What are the three biblical reasons for saving so we're not hoarding? You say, Pastor Mike, do you mean to say we shouldn't save? Yeah, God says we should save, but we shouldn't hoard. The difference is in the motivation. So the first reason why God wants us to save is this. Look at this. Read that with me uh, on your similar app on the screen. It's what I, I save to what? Practice self-control. One more time. I save to practice self-control. One more time. I save to practice self-control. And saving, God says, ought to be what? A spiritual discipline. That whenever you discipline yourself to live on less than you make, you are practicing biblical self-control. Because you could spend everything you make and God say, no, 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 no. Don't live on self-indulgence. Don't live with an adage, if it feels good, do it. If everybody's doing it, everybody's buying here, everybody's doing these things, go and do the same. God say, no, 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 no. Uh, savings ought to become a way where you control your impulses, you control your emotions, you control the influence that is coming at you from all directions, from the enemy, from the world that we live in, from the culture that we are in. It says savings becomes a way and says, no, I could go on a store and buy everything I want, but I'm not going to do it. Because God teaches me to be able to control myself by saving what he has given to me. Look at what the Bible says on this amazing portion of scripture in Proverbs 21, 20. Read that with me. It says what? The wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. Right? He says, he says yes. He says, this is wisdom. This is my, I'm going to give it to you, but I don't want you to spend it all. Right? Whatever you, you get, wh where is it coming from? Your skills, your ability, your know-how, your energy. Really? God gives. He's the one who opened the door, created the access, blessed the heart and minds of people to give you a job and, and give you sanity so that the devil doesn't take it away from you. Or guess what? It's going to come in one hand and go in the other. 
So the one who gave it to you says, hey, the wise thing to do, the biblical thing to do is what? Save for the future. Don't hold it, but save for the future. All right. Why? So that you can what? Exercise self-control. I mean, other than that, I'm sad. I'm going to go to the mall, right? The salespeople are waiting for you. <laughs> I don't feel good about myself. Somebody said something mean to me. I'm going to go and see if I, I, I need to buy a nice car so that people will know that I've arrived. Knock yourself out and see if God is going to continue to give you if you don't practice this principle of what is saving for the future. And so God says, I want you to live right on, on less than you make. I want you to spend less than you make. You live on less than you make. In order to tie to give to godly causes, to give to churches, to be able to give to godly causes that God moves your heart, and to save some. And in doing that, you are practicing self-control. In doing that, you are what? Strengthening your character. Because if you know how to control money, you will take care of other areas in your life. Do you, do you understand that? If you can say, you know what, it looks nice, but no, I'm not going to buy that. Self-control. <laughs> Amen. It takes care of other areas in your life because you can tell yourself no. You can speak to your emotions. You can what override your feelings with your thought. I know I like it, but I, it, it's going to be mind over matter. Mind over feelings. Many people can do that. Lots of people, it feels good. It's going to make me look good. I work hard. It's my own money. I'm going to do it. I feel like doing it. But when you can tell yourself that, yes, I feel like doing it, but I'm not going to do it, you are way ahead in your life. And the enemy cannot push you and tempt you and just blow whatever God has given you off track because you don't have self-control. So, uh, saving is a, a, a self-discipline mechanism. It's a spiritual discipline against self-indulgence. You know, at one time, the wealthiest man in the world was John D. Rockefeller. And someone asked him, Mr. Rockefeller, what is the key to your wealth? And he said this. He said, it is 10, 10, 80. 10, 10, 80. The 10, 10, 80 principle. You say, Pastor Mike, what is 10, 10, 80? Well, 10, 10, 80 simply means this. He says, here's what I do. Started very early. And now the more I grow, I keep doing more and more on that. He says, I tight the first 10% that I earn. I save the second 10%. And then I live on the rest. I give 10% to God so that God's will will be done. His purpose will be forced because God gave it to me and hasn't wanted me to hold holder. He wants to use me to be able to distribute his wealth and circulate it so that his glory will shine. Somebody is praying today. And God has blessed you more than you need. Why? To hold it? No. So that you can be an extension of God's aim into that life. So it says, I tie 10%. I give it to Christian courses. I sow into a ground ministries that are doing the right thing so that God's name will be lifted up. And then I save 10% of that. And then I, what, I live on what? 80% of that. That's a 10, 10, 80 principle. 10, 10, 80 principle. And God says, when you do these things, when you save, the, a wise person saves for the future. God is going to bless you. The wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. And this is what God says we ought to do. 
We ought to do. Now, the second reason for saving money is this. Watch this. As I save to get money to work for me. I'll repeat that after me. I save to do what? To get money to work for me. You say, Pastor Mike, what, what do you mean by that? Well, you can either work for your money or you can get your money to work for you. Right? And God says, look, I, I'm going to give you some wisdom. I'm going to give you some skills. I'm going to bless you some money. But I want you also to what, what, have that money and get it to multiply. Get that money to multiply. So which is true of you? Are you working for your money or some of your money is working for you? That's what you ought to be doing. <laughs> That's what you ought to be doing. Any money that you save and then invest is making your money to work for you while you are sleeping. And that's a good thing why God wants you to be pro-saving and not be pro-spending. You see, I've earned it. I've got it. That's what I'm going to do. God's going to give it to me. Let me spend all that. No, 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 no. God says, well, do it to be able to, to, what? to control yourself, your, your, your indulgence. And two, save so that your money will work for you. You become wealthy when you discipline yourself to make your money work for you. And you have to do that. You have to do that. This is a biblical principle. Look at that from the Bible. Look at Ecclesiastes 11. You see, everything I tell you here is Bible-based. God says, I'm going to bless you, but here are the instructions that I want you to attach to that. Look at Ecclesiastes 11.1. Please read that with me. It says what? Invest what you have because after a while you will what? get a return. You say, really? I shouldn't spend all of it, but I should save some. I should give some away so that God's glory will shine because God gave it to me in the first place. I should save some, and what's going to happen to that? He says, after a while, you're going to get a return. You're going to get a return. Right? And, and, and Jesus made a story, a parable out of this. Now, you remember that? He told the parable of two men in Matthew 25. You remember the parable <laughs> of the talents where Jesus praised the two men? He praised them because he says, you invested your money and, 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 and it worked out. You doubled what I gave you. And God commanded them and he called them good and faithful servants. Good and faithful servants. Just look at that. Look, just, just, look, just look at that. Don't, 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 hear, don't hear me. Let's hear from Jesus. Jesus is saying, he says, well, a man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many. He says, you didn't spend all of it, but you invested, you saved, and that savings, what, multiplied, and so what? Here's more coming your way. That's how I want you to be able to, what, use the resources that I give to you. Now, there was another guy who didn't believe in that, right? He just knew what to do and still didn't do it because his mind was blown off. So he got one bag of gold, Jesus saying, and he just sat it there, put it in a cup, put it in a drawer, put it on the envelope, sat it somewhere, and guess what happened? Nothing happened to it. So when the master came, he says, listen, you give me this, and I'm giving it to you. You say, well, that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. But, but listen to what Jesus said. Look at verse 24, 27. Then a man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant, read with me. You should have what? Put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with what? Interest. Interest. And God says, Hey, 
you save number one to practice self-control you save also to get your money to work for you you should have put it in the bank because you should have invested some of what I've given you shall save some what I've given you so that what I gave you will grow and God calls us as stewards to use what he's given us with the skills and abilities and the environments he's created so that what he's given us will multiply to the glory of God. And when we do that, he calls us good and faithful servant. When we don't do that, he says, we are wicked and we are what? Lazy. We are wicked and we are lazy. Let me share with you what Jesus was saying in here. <laughs> you should have put it in the bankers. Invest what you have because after a while you get a return. Oh, uh, let's see if you see this chart. Where is it? Is it on screen? Yeah. So look at this chart. Amazing chart here. So the the so for example, the bottom chart. If you can see that, and it's right there online. You can go and look at that. Here is an, an example of Joan. She puts uh, 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 I'm hundred dollars away, and basically every month she adds fifty dollars to it. Right? So $50 times 12 is what? $600, right? For 10 years, it's what? 6000 She started with 100 so for 10 years, it's what? 6000 100 You see that in the bottom first graph there? For 20 years, it's what? 12100 For 30 years, it's 18100 For 40 years, right? Saving $50 a time is what? I mean, 24100 She's not saving it, basically just putting it in the job, putting it in the envelope, putting it in the box somewhere. $50, $50 a month for 40 years, what, $24,100. Simple math. No interest on it. When God comes and says, you should have given it to the bankers. Invest what you have because after a while it will grow. Here's the top chart. Same person applying biblical st standards, right? That $100, initial savings. I'll show you the graph in a moment, right? Over a period of time, various conservative investment, you put it in something that is very conservative, that's diversified, you walk into your, uh, your bank, your local bank, your local services, uh, your, your, your credit union, your good people who will talk to you, find out your age, find out when you're going to retire and things like that, and it can get you a good diversified portfolio. The stock market over time has been earning anywhere from 8 to 10%. Uh, um, 10%. So look at it, the same, the same thing. In 10 years, 9,800. 20 years, that $50 investment with an initial deposit of $100 is worth 35,000. I'm looking at the top chart, right? For 30 years, 100,000. For 40 years, 270,000. And when Jesus says, invest what you have so that after a while it will grow, this is what he's talking about. He says, you can either work for your money or you can get your money to work for you. And it's the reason we are to save is so that we can get our money to work for us. Now, here's a chart here. Here's a chart here. You say, Pastor Mike, you know the stock market goes up and down. Investments goes up and down. Yes, I'm not saying go and play the lottery with that. I'm not saying go and put your money in something that's going to be here today, gone tomorrow, but something that has proven over the years. When you look at this chart here, over a period of time, look at it, annualized, right? S&P, the top stocks, mutual funds, something like that, over a period of five-year return, 10-year return, 15-year annualized return. It's an annual, like, over a period of time, it goes up and down. But when you annualize that over a long period of time, it's been over 10% over time. And the chart that I showed you, $50 a month over time could grow. And what happens? You have something there. 
And God's saying, that's, that, that's, that's the essence. That's the principle. So why do we save? We save because it's a spiritual discipline to show self-control. We save because we want our money to work for us rather than we working for our money. And that's a biblical principle. Don't hoard it. Like the other guy said, this is it. I'm just going to put it here. I'm just going to get piled on. I'm going to hold on to it because I'm afraid that, I, that I'm going to run out. That when I need it, no one will give to me. Well, who gave it to you in the first place? God gave it to you in the first place. And he says, there's more where that came from. Amen. <laughs> so the third biblical principle is this. I save to be able to give to help others. <laughs> God wants us to be savers. Why? Because it's a spiritual discipline to keep us on the self-control because we are our own problems. Do you believe that? We are capable of messing our own lives. Our self-indulgence, self-impulses is good enough. We hear voices coming all over us and many times we are parallel. We, are, we, <laughs> we don't have the capacity to be able to. God says, the reason I want you to save and not spend all I gave you is one is for your self-control. The reason I want you to save, you know, spend everything I give you is so that you get your money to work for you. The third reason is this, is that I save to be able to give to help others. Say that with me. I save to be able to give to help others. Hear this. As a child of God, God will give you more than you need so that you can help others. And as God continues to give to you and you give to help others, God will give you more. But as God gives you more than you need, everybody, every child of God has more than you need. Today you have more shoes than you need. Do you believe that? More clothes than you need. Oh, some of you had a hard time figuring out what you're going to wear today. <laughs> Do, do I wear this or that? Does this go with this or that? Right? Hey, you, you have more you did. Why? Why did God give you more than you need? Every time you pray a prayer, God says that I will cause your cup to overflow. He says, he says when we give, he will give to us how much a good measure pressed down, shaken together, will he pour upon our lap. He says, I will give you exceedingly abundantly above more than you can think, ask, or imagine. He says, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. Promise upon promises that God says he will bless us. His promises, his promises never fail. God is in the business of blessing his people. But God doesn't give to us so that we are hoarders. He gives to us so, he doesn't give to us so that we are spenders. He gives to us so that one, we are savers so that out of what we, are, we save we'll be able to give to help others. To help others. Now, if you've not learned this lesson, please learn it. Because the more you are in the business of giving to help those who are in need, the more God can trust you and give you more that you need so that you can be a blessing unto others. You can be an extension of God's grace and mercy and compassion upon others. Oh, I've learned that all my life. I'm always looking for the opportunity where, God, what can I do? God, what can I give? Because whenever you give, God's going to bless you. Whenever you give, God's going to bless you. And God's not going to bless you with what you need. God's going to bless you with more than you need. Why? Because he wants you, number one, save some so that what? So don't spend all of it. Save some so that what? You can give to others who need it as he prompts you. And if you don't do that, God say, look, you are robbing from others. <laughs> you are robbing from others. If I'm spending everything I get as soon as I get it, 
And there's no way I can be generous to others. There's no way I can be generous to godly causes. There's no way I can support my local church. God is saying, hey, you are robbing from others. And after a while, the spigot will run dry. If you are always looking for people to bless you, and you are not in a space where as God blesses you, you, give, you save some of what you have so that you can give to others in need, God is saying, I can't trust you anymore. Look at this amazing portion of scripture in Ephesians 4.28. Plus it all over scripture. It says, anyone who has been stealing must steal no more. <laughs> anyone who has been taken from others, taken from others, says, don't do that. But what? You must work doing something useful with your own hands. Why? So that you may have something to give to people in need. You hear this? In this world, there are three kinds of people. They are makers, they are takers, and they are givers. Who, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be a taker? God said, if you were a taker, guess what? Stop! Because everything I'm giving you, it has the propensity. It has the ability to be fruitful. It has the ability to multiply so that it will meet your needs. And you have some left over to give to people in need. And the reason I ought to practice saving and not spend everything God gives me so that I'll have some left over to give to what? People in need. So that God will continue to bless me the more. Glory to Almighty God. If you've not learn this, guess what? You're going to be living from paycheck to paycheck. If you've not learned this principle, what's going to happen is that God cannot trust you. God cannot trust you. So God is saying, this is the reason why you've, oh my Lord. I mean, hey, you chose a good day to come to church today. This, this is beyond human wisdom. This is beyond, it's, con, it's, it's contrary to, to human, human wisdom. This is the wisdom from above. It doesn't belong to you. God gave it to you in the first place. He says, this is how you should use what I've given to you so that I'll bless you the more. If you save in order to share with others, then this next verse will be through to you. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 14. It says, then, then <laughs> it says, right now you have plenty and can help others. If you are doing the first thing, I mean, working with your hands, utilizing the opportunity God's given you, God will give you more than you need. You say, well, well, Pastor Mike, there are so many things I can't. Now, God will not feed your greed. He'll feed your need. And as human beings, there's not so much that we need. God didn't create us to need so many things. We come up with all kinds of wants. There's a difference between needs and wants. How many of you know that right now you have more things that you actually need for your life? Hello? You say, I need a big house. You don't need a big house. You don't. I need a fast driving car. You don't. You could, do with, uh, you could do away with a lot of things that you have and still be very content in life. That's why you have, you, you, that's why you have people in third world impoverished nations. Most of them are far more happier than us living in this place. Far more happier. Right now you are plenty and can help others. The reason God gave you what you have and beyond your needs, not your wants, not your wants. God will not feed your wants, he'll feed your needs. God will give us all our, supply all our needs, not our wants, he'll supply all our needs. Our wants is like, uh, you know, I just want to be the talk of the town. I want to be greater than anyone in my family. If that's in the God's will, God will make you, but you really don't need it. Right now you are plenty. And can help others. He says, why is that? Why should you 
Amen. Save so that you can give to others. Read that with me. Then at some other time, they can share with you when you need it. In this way, each will have as much as he need. Listen, nobody has everything. Nobody has everything. Nobody. Even a billionaire doesn't have everything. There are some things that somebody can help you with. Some things that you need that you don't have today and God will not give it to you. He's given it to others and, 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 and unless they give it to you, you won't have it. And God said the reason you ought to be a giver, the reason you ought to save some of what God has given you so you can give to others so that others in turn will give. Every time I turn around, somebody's giving me something. Why? Because I want to give. I want to give. You, you want to know the secret of my life? Why I give up my time, my energy, my resources, everything that God has. If somebody needs help and I can help them, yes, I will do that i find a way to say yes find a way to say yes to people why because god gave it to me in any way and glory to almighty god and there are people oh my lord some people are just sowing into my life sowing into my life sowing into my life i mean doing stuff that it's like why because that's what it works you have plenty and can help others then at some other time they can share with you they can share someone will tell you this is where you ought to go this is what you ought to do difficult things will become easy for you doors will be open to you blessings will come your way fuck will do oh my lord it is god speaking to somebody today glory to almighty god We were looking for a school to take our daughter to. We didn't even know that they had some special discount. We went over there and said, and the person says, are you a pastor? I said, yeah. are you a pastor? Yeah, I'm a pastor. You get 30% off tuition. We didn't know that. We what? We get 30% we get off private school tuition just because you are preaching the word of God. Is there anything you can show us to, to show that you were a pastor? I'll send you a bunch of sermons. <laughs> send you a bunch of stuff from favorlife.org to show that I'm a pastor. Glory to Almighty God. God will, oh my Lord. The reason God wants you to save some of what you have so you're not holding it and holding it to it. So that when God causes somebody to call you, when God says, I want you to be my responsibility, I want you to be a helper of somebody. I've given you the skill, the knowledge, the ability, the time. It may cost you time. It may be a sacrifice to you. He says, share with others so that they can share with you. They may not directly share with you, but God picks the people, the people places, the times, the opportunities that he's going to show to you. Glory to Almighty God. My grandmother says you ought to cast your bread upon the waters and in time it's going to come back to you. It will follow your life. It will follow your children. It will follow your generation. If somebody's getting this much, they say amen to that. Glory to Almighty God. So God says don't hold it. Don't spend everything I give you. Save some of that so that you can give. I encourage you to practice that 10, 10, 80 for some of you who work for companies that have a retirement plan. If you're not investing in that company retirement plan, go ahead and start doing that. Because you're leaving money on the table. Some companies says if you put 3% down, we're going to match 3%. If you put 5% down, we're going to match 5%. Go ahead. If you're not doing that, sign up on Monday when you go. Find out how you can sign up for that. Because money grows little by little. And God says when he invested, 
says after a while it will what it will grow glory to almighty god so you can hear him say well done good and faithful servant so god says how you make save and use money in accumulating wealth don't hoard it foolishly but save it wisely next it says in accumulating wealth the way you make it god says don't make it dishonestly instead treat others fairly we looked at that last week go watch that message on favorlife.org on our church website finally it says in allocating wealth don't waste it selfishly in other words god says even in what you use that 80 percent that you you ought to be used and he says what don't waste it what selfishly right i mean not the portion that you say not a portion that you give away to ministries and as god moves you you share with others but the a portion that you're going to use out of self-discipline god is saying don't waste it selfishly and here's the third warning that James gives to us. James 5 verse 5. Read that with me. He says, while here on earth you have taught only of what? Filling your own stomachs and having a good time. And he's not saying this positively. He's saying this negatively. He says, here's what you're doing. That's not right. While you are living all, it's all about you, 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 your fun, your excitement, your entertainment, your pleasure. Nothing wrong with that. But how, much you have, you know, how many of you know that even too much of a good thing is bad? How many of you know that? You see, I'm going to keep drinking water. Every minute I'll drink water. Too much of water can hurt you. We all ought to be drinking water, but too much of even a good thing is what? Bad. And God is saying, you've taught only. You, the word is only. Only of your, it's all about you, 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 you. You are motivated by what? Self-interest. And God is saying, that isn't going to get you the kind of blessings that God intends for you. At a certain point, God will cut off the blessing spigot because you've made you the God of your life. Don't waste it selfishly. Now, what he's saying here is this. He's saying here is this, that don't confuse your net worth with your self-worth. You are not your car. You are not your home. You are not the degree on your wall. You are not your savings account. You are not the furniture in your home. Hello, you are not the bed you laid on. Is somebody getting it? Do not confuse your self-worth to your net worth. You say, if I have this, then I will feel good about myself. Your soul doesn't care about the price of the clothes you are wearing today. We lie to ourselves that I look good because of the shoes that I wear. You lie, you lie to yourself. You could be wearing, you could be wearing a shoe that somebody gave you a gift. You could be wearing a shoe that you get from the thrift store and you still be the same. What shall it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose your soul? External things doesn't touch us. It has no value. Why then do we, that's why we think we need more and more and more and more. Because materialism promises, but it never fulfills. Let me give you an example. You see, I'm bored. My life is horrible. I have no joy in my life. I need to go on vacation. It's good to have some recreation every now and then. But if the purpose is that is you're going to somewhere to be happy, guess what? You're going to go there. You'll be happy for how long? Maybe a day or two. Then you come back to yourself. Right? <laughs> my wife and I went to a vacation somewhere. Paid quite a bit of money, right? 
all night. There was a couple next door to us. Argued and fought, blamed and cursed each other all night. You, 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 you left your home, your bed, <laughs> your life, paid money to get on a plane, come to an exotic vacation in an island just to argue and quarrel all night. The place won't change you. The place will not change who you are. And God said, understand this. Don't waste it selfishly thinking that it will increase my self-worth. If you don't feel good about yourself on the inside, nothing on the outside will cause you to feel good about yourself. Never confuse your value as a person with your valuables. Hello! So don't waste it. You don't need valuables to prove you are valuable. In other words, you don't need the status symbols. You don't need the blink to show off. You came to church today because social media will tell you something entirely different. You don't need to show it off. Here's what God tells us in his word. Proverbs 13, 7. It says, don't waste it selfishly. Proverbs 13, 17. A pretentious, showy life is what? Is what? If I buy this, people will think I've arrived. They won't think you've arrived. You know why? Because people have more than you have. There are some people today, you could roll under the bus and have a bus run over you. They still wouldn't like you. So why are you trying? Why are you trying to be able to acquire materialism for people who don't like you in the first place, thinking that they will like you because of the stuff you have? They don't like you. It doesn't matter what you do. A pretentious, when you are living a life of pretense, showy life is a, an empty life. But here's what God says a plain and simple life is what? Uh, for, will, will you live a plain and simple life and be content with that? Glory to Almighty God. Hello? Let God lift you up. Let God promote you. Let God call your name. Your name before influential people that matters. A plain and simple life is what? A full. Oh, glory to Almighty God. Will you teach this to your kids? Will you teach this to your friends and neighbors? Will you pass it on to the next generation? Man, I got to have this so that I look at all my friends are going here doing this. Stop, 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 stop. It doesn't matter. That is the definition of emptiness. That's what God says. Let me end with these promises so that you can walk out of here and lock these truths in your heart. That God wants me to, God's going to bless me with more than I not want but need so that I can save some of that right for my needs and also to give to those who are needy and I don't have to wait till I'm a billionaire before I start giving look at what the Bible says instead of wasting well selfishly I must do what shared what generously here's a promise here's here's the way God operates he said, Pastor Mike, I hear you. If I have a million dollars in my bank account, I'll come to Favor Life Church and write a check for $10,000. <laughs> to God be the glory. Bring it in. We'll get a big place. Amen. We'll take kids out to camps. We'll get a bus and go into homeless places and bring them in so that they can hear the good news and we'll feed them after church. But God said, don't wait. 
till that happens right now start doing it because here's how god views us look at this amazing portion of scripture in luke 16 as i wind down luke 16 10 to 11 it says whoever can be what trusted with what very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much so if you have not been trustworthy in handling the worldly world who will trust you with true true riches jesus is speaking he said, that's how i see this I gave you hundred dollars. I gave you two, three hundred. I gave you five hundred. I gave you a thousand dollars. What that is sitting there breathing? And yes, you have wants, but you don't have a need for it right now. What have you done with that? And there are needs around you. Are, are you doing something to help somebody who has a present need, or you just want to wait till it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger so that that money becomes your sense of security? No, God is your security. And when God moves upon your heart, God move, if, when you don't know, pray. And when God speaks to you how you should use some of that money, he says, when you do that, then God is saying, you've been honest on a few things, therefore I will trust you with great riches. But if you've not been honest on a few things, guess what? I can trust you with true riches. I can't. And he has a promise that goes with that. Oh, you ought to love this. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Help me wind this message. Proverbs 11, 24. Here it is. It says what? It is one possible to give freely and become more wealthy. You say, Pastor Mike, I want to hoard because nobody gives to me. It's only me. Oh, I don't have anybody. My kids are gone. I don't have this person with me. Ha, 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 ha. Stop, 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 stop. Your help is not your kids. It's not your friends. It's not just your family. And God is saying it is possible to give freely and become more wealthy. Glory to God. Because promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the east. doesn't come from the west. doesn't come from the north. Doesn't come from the south, it comes from the Lord, and it says it is possible to be a giver and still be more blessed by God. God will cause strangers, strangers to sow into your bosom. Oh, is the Lord speaking to somebody there? Amen. But it says, Those who are stingy, what will happen? You're gonna lose everything. I don't want the second part to happen to you as your friend and pastor. sang a song and says his promises still stands great is his faithfulness and let our first portion be a promise that stands for you that you will give her you will sow her you will invest her <laughs> so that you become more <laughs> I like the more part how many of you like the more part glory to God because I don't want you to lose everything oh look at the next portion of scripture in, in Proverbs eleven twenty-five. 25 it says what the generous person will what are you hearing this you, do you want to prosper say god i need your blessing god i need an open door god i need a way where there's no way right after that prayer say god show me somebody who needs help that i can help show me somebody somebody who is in need that i can be an extension of your grace yes i need your help but is there somebody i can help he says a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will himself be one with oh my goodness how many of you want to be refreshed in life he says go out and find somebody when you have a need today every time you have a need in your life find somebody 
somebody you can pray for, somebody you can bless, somebody you can encourage, somebody you can call, somebody you can text. You say, I'm not feeling good. Things are not well in my marriage. Things are not going well with my kids, on the job, in my finances. But who can I refresh? Because God says, the one who refreshes others, we will be refreshed. Oh, my Lord. Who gets blessed? The one you are blessing or the one oh, you who are given? There's more blessing in giving than in receiving. Generous person will be blessed. So first, God says, don't in accumulating world, don't hoard it. But save it. Why should we save? To help you with self-control. Save. Oh, so that you can invest it so that your money, what God has given you, amen, will be working for you. While you are working, your money is working for you save so that you be in a position to be an extension of the mercy the grace the compassion of god that you are god's ambassador god's light in a broken dark wicked selfish world and god will bless you the more and how should you use the money that god's giving you god's saying don't spend it selfishly don't spend it selfishly but those who refresh others those who are generous will themselves be prosper let me give you one last verse and then we're going to pray as we wind up. <laughs> Look at this. I love this. Proverbs 10 22 is one of my key verses. Read out with me. It says, When the Lord blesses you with riches, <laughs> you will have nothing to regret. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no trouble to it. <laughs> he says, Allow God to feed you and you apply God's blessings. As God moves upon your heart, be generous and says what? You're going to live in ease. You're going to live in comfort. Yes, bad times will come your way because we live in a broken world. But guess what? Your tears will not be your food. Weeping will come at night, but joy will come in the morning. Whatever hardship that comes away, God will make a way. Whatever trouble that comes your way, God or what? Will lift you higher. Every closed door will lead to an open door. Every problem will lead to a blessing. Every difficulty will lead to more of the goodness of God because God's not finished with you. He says, God will bless you with riches and oh my Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The rich that oh my <laughs> you will live and you will have nothing to regret. There will be no trouble added to that. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Is, has, is the Lord sp spoken to somebody to death? Will you wave your hand and give God a praise offering? Thank God, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to God. And everyone at the sound of my voice, everyone here, I pray that God will move in your heart. I pray today that God's teachings will soak into your heart and your mind. That you will not only be a hearer, but a doer. God will begin to interpret his word, that you, you will be in application of his word. The God who is the giver of today will give you seeds to sow. He will give you bread to eat. He will increase your store of harvest as he has promised. The God will soften your heart so that you will be generous. <laughs> because he says the generous will prosper. And I pray that upon your heart that God will use your life as a custodian of his grace, as a repository of his blessings, that many will drink from your world and you will be generous. You will be compassionate. That God will soften. That money doesn't become a, a thing 
of a God to you, a thing where you are holding on to that, but you have soft hands, soft hands, a soft heart and a soft hand to be able to give so that God will give you the more. God will give you the more. Glory to God as you are being used by God to shut down the mouth, the mouth of the enemy, to tear down walls where they are suffering. God will use you oh, to bring help and aid and support and grace to many in the name of Jesus that every need in this place God you made it as your people have all oh, visited with you you know their needs you see oh you see everything Lord God even right now you meet them where they are and you show them grace upon grace upon grace bless your people mighty God today for you can do all things we love you and we thank you mighty God in Jesus name amen now my brother my sister if you've not received Christ as your Savior oh don't wait don't wait oh don't let the service end without you or giving your life to Christ. Uh, he tells us, as many as believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Right where you are. Oh, let me pray a very simple prayer. Over 40 years, I'd give my life to Christ. And what a joy, a blessing it's been to many others who have given your life to Christ. It's as many as believed in him and received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Will you today be the day where you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you have, for every time we get together at Favor Life Church, it's a good opportunity to recommit our life to God and tell Jesus that I'm with you all the way till I see you face to face. So pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you for your blood, your precious gift of your life that you shared for my sins. I don't understand it all, but this I know, that you loved me so much to pay the price for my sin so that when I believe in you, I'll be saved. So today, I believe in you and I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Please, Lord, come in my heart. Help me to love you trust you and to live for you and from here on until I see you face to face manage my life control my affairs make all the changes you want to make in my life so that my life will bring glory to you and good to me and please Lord when my time on this earth is over I want to be with you in heaven. So come and take me so that I, I will be in heaven with you forever and ever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. If you pray this prayer, uh, we have uh, some pamphlets here. Fresh start with God. Do you know your purpose? Make sure you have one before you leave. Those of you who are online, you can download one right on that portal that you are in. Scroll down a little bit. You see a hyperlink. Uh, know your purpose. Fresh start with God. If you want a hard copy, let us know. We'll mail you one. Give us your address right there on that portal. Amen.